Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So I'm sure by now all of you have heard of Normal People, the brilliant Irish television series that has received universal acclaim, as well as some criticism in Ireland, mainly on the Joe Duffy show. And its co-star Paul Meskell, who's also a GA man and former underage Kildare footballer, joins us on the line now. Paul, how's it going? Well, Colin, what's the crack? Great to be here. Great stuff. Come here. So this week you've done Graham Norton, you've done James Corden and you've done Colin Parkinson. So you've ticked off the top kind yeah. of three, you know, yeah. internationally f- first. Yeah, no. Look, I, I think that's that, that's the holy trinity, isn't it? <laughs> it must. It, it, tell, talk to us about your life, uh, Paul, because like this is one of the most incredible things that could happen to you, and you're stuck in a house in your flat in London. Yeah, it's been um, the last few weeks in particular, is it? Yeah. Since yeah, the show kicked um, off, you know the success of the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it it has been. I was just saying to you before we started recording. It's been it's been quite intense. Obviously, like just the general air and society it, at the, at the moment is is quite different. But then, um, it's it, it's just been. It's really hard to describe. It's, it feels like it's been very fast. There's just been a lot going on. But um, ultimately, it's, there's been a lot of relief as well, just in terms of how the show has been received and how many people are watching it, and um. Yeah, it's been great. It's been really, really good. But like, I mean, you haven't had a chance to be able to celebrate it with family. You know, you can't give anybody a hug. Mm. You know, you can't do anything that yeah. you know, celebrating a successful show would entail. I know. I, like, I'm, it makes me as much as like I can get sick of my phone and technology and things like that. But uh, so I, I'm I'm in London at the moment, so I'm isolating away from family and stuff. And it would have been. It, it would be incredibly difficult, obviously, if I couldn't even FaceTime them or, uh, or like, I'd be sending them like letters that would be arriving next year. But um, no, <laughs> it, it, it has it has been tricky. Yeah, yeah, it has been tricky. But um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's the same for everyone in this, to a certain extent that everything just feels totally 
different and this situation on top of it just makes abnormal feel like normal if that makes sense yeah yeah like i mean the times in england uh, described you as sexy sensitive and fit the most desired man in britain how comfortable are you with those type of headlines it's a tricky one to comprehend if I'm being honest. Like <laughs> that, um, it, w- it wasn't certainly a title that would have been bestowed upon me four weeks ago. So I definitely take it with a pinch of salt. I think. Right, it's happened so fast, though, hasn't it? Like you know, just the way it's yeah. blown up. Yes, and it seems to be growing legs, and like even like the kind of the way it typically works is that you do like a race load of publicity before the show comes out and then it typically dies down once the show's out, the publicity's done. But um, there still seems to be an appetite. People want to talk about the show. And um, yeah, it, it, I, I was kind of anticipating maybe a bit of downtime now, but that, um, that hasn't been the case. So maybe in the next week or two, we might start seeing the light of the day again. I think I saw one of the Kardashians tweeting about it today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Like I can't even fathom that. Like my my mum watches that at home, and she went mental when Courtney tweeted it about it. But it's um, there's kind of a mad tweet by somebody every day that you're just kind of like, this is they're talking about the show that I'm in and that I made with lots of my friends and things, and it, it's just really hard to wrap your brain around, I suppose. Yeah, so you're you're like obviously you go out do a bit of exercising every day. Like, what's that like? Are you you know are you being recognised a lot? Um, I suppose the last few weeks my runs have maybe gotten a little bit quicker in in, in, <laughs> in the attempt to avoid uh, people. So I'm not complaining on that front. But it's uh, yeah, when you're running, you might get like somebody might catch it, like they might double take. But it's when you're walking and you're kind of uh, moving at more of a kind of sedate pace people have more more time to be looking at you. Right, and in the supermarket, like, I mean, because all this, I suppose, is is completely new to you. Are people coming up to you or do you just see people trying, maybe taking a second look or staring or whatever? Yeah, it's, it's probably picked up in the last week or two in terms of, like, like, to be fair, I have no horror stories in terms of, like, people being rude or abrasive. It's, like, it's all coming from a, a really nice place in terms of they've responded to the show and, they want to say hello and it's a tricky thing now if people ask for photographs because you obviously have to be socially distancing so there's a lot of kind of like long arm selfies standing behind them <laughs> about six feet away and smiling so yeah well look at me because you're obviously at home all day and you're social or you're you're isolating on your own like you must be constantly thinking about how your life is going to change now um i suppose it's a thought that crosses your mind, but the, the main focus for me at the moment is kind of trying to secure the next job. And it's, that's, that's something that it's probably healthier to be focusing on that rather than the kind of attention, because ultimately I have no idea what that really looks like or what it's going to feel like. And it, it could be a big kind of waste of energy to be kind of thinking about that all the time versus trying to think about the work and think about the next film, TV, uh, play that I hopefully want to do. So it's, um, yeah, I'm trying to focus on that, but it definitely is a thought that would pop into my head once or twice a day. Yeah. Were you expecting it to be this big? Like, I mean, has this come as a surprise? Like, I mean, I'm sure you thought you were very proud of it when you were finished, but like, you know, breaking all the records, you know, did you expect this kind of reaction? 
Yeah, to go like I expected the show to be received well to a certain extent. Like I, I, I thought it was made by obviously for it to be made by Element, BBC, and Hulu, and to be based on Sally's book, the content was there for it to be good. Yeah, and I was proud of the work that we did and how me and Daisy how we worked on it and the kind of preparation that went into it. But I think like you can't really fathom 37 million views on BBC alone. That's not even a number that fits in my head, I think. So it has probably, it was definitely has exceeded my expectations. What, what do you put, put that kind of level of popularity down to? I think quarantine probably definitely helps us. People inside watching television, but I think even after that, I don't think that's kind of the sole reason that it has resonated with people. Like it's it, it, it's interesting. Like lads that I used to would have would have played football with, and people that wouldn't necessarily go in for kind of a romantic drama have reached out, and even like intercounty hurlers and footballers have reached out and been like, "Jesus, you've really captured what it is to be a young lad." You know, like and, and that's yeah. that's something that like I'm I'm really proud of because they're not typically an audience that are going to sit down and watch it. So I, I don't really know what it is that is attracting to, is attracting people to it, but uh, there's something there, all right. Well, well, I think the inter-county players or the GA players you're talking about definitely see a lot of themselves in Connell, the way the cash showed their feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that probably resonates with yeah, them. Yeah. You know, because well, that's Irish men in general, right? So a lot of people are probably watching that going, Jesus. Now, he's a very extreme version of that. But like, I mean, I could relate yeah. to some of the stuff he's going through. Yeah, it's, like, I suppose that's why I was so excited to play him, because on the surface, he's like, there's a lot of things going for him. Like, he's good at, he's good at guy. He's, he's smart. Like, Rachel fancies him. Like, all the things are kind of in his course. But like... In real life, that's not the, like, the, I know tons of people do suffer with kind of low level or acute anxiety. And um, I think it's it's, it's re- refreshing to see somebody who's kind of in a strong position in society kind of suffering from those things. And also it's, it's exciting from an acting perspective to get to play somebody that you recognize and to play somebody that you feel is representative of your peer group, I think. Right. Okay. Like, obviously, you have the sport um, in common with him. Would you have much other stuff, or was it, you know, difficult to get into character like that? Um, I suppose the big one of the big things that I related to is that kind of uh, like he obviously goes up to Trinity, and like obviously, like I'm not from Sligo, I'm from Manus, which is 40, 50 minutes on a train. But it was more so the departure of like I thought my life was going to be playing football with Manuk and Kildare but then to kind of have that big culture shift and kind of go into um, a course where you're discussing plays and you're talking about filmmakers and you're discussing the craft of acting it's, it's a culture shift and I definitely felt that like a bit at sea for a little while like similarly enough to Connell so I think that was that's probably a similarity I could have drawn on for a little bit Right, right, because the roles obviously are reversed when you go to Trinity, whereas, you know, yeah. she she was alone in school and you're alone there. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, it definitely catches them off guard of this. But he is a total extreme version of not being able to show your feelings. Like, you can see the torture on his face if he, even the thoughts of 
putting this you know arm around her sitting beside the pool that time you know like I think yeah. there, was a, there was a great line in it I laughed um, at it I think you were you were after being intimate to say the least uh, we might get to that in a little while but he <laughs> said uh, you kind of I think you told her you loved her or something and you went or Connell did mm-hmm. and he said and he said isn't that obvious and she <laughs> she says obvious to who I don't know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no, he always he seems to say he, he always seems to say it in a way that's almost like an attack he's like you do know I love you don't you so it's like it's not really desperately full of affection or anything it's it's more so coming from his anxiety of like wanting to prove to her that he does but he's struggled with that the whole way through the series and uh, yeah again I, I think it's somewhat relatable it's probably as you said maybe a little bit extreme but not as extreme as you'd think in my opinion yeah Daisy's absolutely incredible as well if you're like you've you've brilliant chemistry uh, her accent is unbelievable like she's from London oh it's, yeah like I it's definitely the best Irish accent, accent I've ever seen done yeah. on screen and like like in acting circles Irish accents are not easy ones to do because they're also so varied like and um, yeah. she has really like she's really just smashed it I think you kind of have that Hollywood stereotypical version of the Irish accent, which is nobody even speaks like that. You know, the one everyone gets frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. And it just takes you straight out of the kind of, like, whenever I see it, like any kind of accent, it's always just take you out of the story. And then like, the key thing is just about believing that the characters are real. And, and the accent is like, if somebody doesn't believe how somebody sounds, it just takes it straight out. So um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, Delighted that she she was so brilliant at it. So so is that chemistry that she have like you know is that is that natural because you're good actors or is that something you have to work on or did you know each other previously or did you have to spend a lot of time together to get to know each other how do, how does that come about? I, I don't know. I suppose it's like a thing of like when when you meet somebody and you know that they're just a good they're a very good person and and I, and I knew that straight away. It's not something that you can kind of cultivate. Like to, to draw it back to like. To football, it just to a certain degree, it's like you could be playing football with a panel of thirty lads, and you'll play with all of them because that's the team. But you'll be you'll automatically be closer to one or two or three or four lads, and it, you can't really explain why. It's just it's just a natural thing that exists, and uh, it wasn't something like we spent a huge amount of time together. I just knew that first of all, she she's an amazing actor, but I just knew that like the dynamic of the two of us was just going to work. Yeah, and it definitely does. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the popularity. It's just a very frustrating show. Connell would drive you mad. You know, he would, He just you just want to shake him. And then it's your chemistry. And then obviously the two characters' backgrounds are different. Like there's so much. And then it's brilliantly it's brilliantly shot as well. You know, it's just there's just so much going for it. I suppose. Oh, yeah. Th- thank you. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's it's just satisfying to see kind of like often with dramas like that. Um, because they're young people, like their kind of problems and issues with the world can sometimes be trivialized in other dramas. Whereas with this, like they're very serious 18 to 23 year olds who are really suffering with certain things and really like really trying to work at things, not only just in the relationship, but amongst themselves. And I I think, but for me, I'm 24 now. And it's like the issues that I was feeling at 18 to now, like they, they all feel gigantic and I think the show really puts put a hot spotlight on that and it's, uh, 
it, it's definitely a period of time that regardless of your age, it's, it's a period of time that it always has. I imagine you have very distinct memories of that because there's loads of massive life events that happen to people during that age. They get their leaving cert results. They go to the devs. They go to college. They don't know what they're going to do in college. They fall in and out of love. And they're very serious moments in people's lives, I think. Yeah, no, they're definitely, definitely. Come here, before we get to some football talk, but I'm, you know, I'm obviously a big fan of the show, so I want to talk about it. Um, it is a GEA show, so people might be wondering what's going on, uh, what's going on here. But I have to talk to you about the sex scenes, uh, Paul, because like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's like, there's a lot of sex in it. Yeah. Is that something? Yeah, is that yeah. something? Like, because no, because actors obviously say that's the hardest thing to do. Like, I mean, and you're inexperienced at, at that acting. You know, at, at acting, yeah. you, you did a lot of theatre. You did a Denny's ad, which was brilliant ad, by the way. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, but being thrown into something that's you know one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, it's it, it's the hard. Like, I'd be lying if I said that it was the hardest thing on that shoot. But that was because there was really excellent parameters put in place. Like we worked with an intimacy coordinator who whose sole purpose was to navigate those scenes and make sure that me and Daisy felt safe and comfortable doing them. Because ultimately, if, if that wasn't in place, you'd be deeply insecure. You, you wouldn't know what to really be doing. And I think, um, I think personally, when I read the book, I mean, like it wasn't a surprise to me that there was going to be like a, a, a fair amount of sex in it. So it's just a matter of um, having an intimacy coordinator, having like a director of Lenny's caliber and Hetty Hetty McDonald's caliber, who really, really wanted to make those scenes feel authentic. Because often, again, TV and film, the the the, the filmic rules of sex scenes are different to the filmic rules of like a conversation scene. Whereas I think Lenny really set it up in the kind of first six episodes that that's nonsense, that you can't really have different sets of rules because, like, sex is a part of life and vice versa. And um, I think, like, obviously it's a weird thing to be naked in front of crew and and, and things like that, but it's about kind of realising what you're doing it for. And with a show like this, you have an opportunity to kind of portray or represent sex amongst young people and bring it to a kind of global audience and that was something that like obviously is quite scary but that I was really wanted to get right and ultimately I'm quite proud of the team that um, portray sex in the show yeah, I think they're some the longest in the history of Irish television because um, Jesus, they, yeah. they, I don't know if you've been listening to Joe Duffy and the people ringing in uh, losing their minds about that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like look, it's it, it, it surprised me a little bit, I suppose, but that's like obviously people again entitled to their opinions. But uh, I thought I thought we maybe slightly moved away from that kind of um, condemnation of young people having sex, especially when they're doing so when they're doing so in a healthy and safe manner. I, I, it's just surprised me a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, like there's some people saying it's something you expect you would expect to see in a porno movie. It's sexualizing young people. It's not normal. Like you wonder who these people are and how far removed they are from going to school. Yeah, and also like sexualizing young people. I don't even understand that statement. Like young people are innately sexualized. <laughs> like you know they like when you're uh, look. I, I, I have major issues with the whole like with that whole 
process of thinking. But again, like people are people are totally entitled to it. But I I just feel like it, it needs to be slightly interrogated a little more because I totally get it. I I think there's loads of shows out there that uh, sexing are pornographic and and don't really have a place in our screens. But especially in a scene like that, in scenes like that that are in normal people, I think there's a real care in the writing for how it is portrayed like it wasn't done to be just like and cut to pornographic sex scene it's it's constantly those seconds are constantly driving the the narrative forward between the between the two of them and i just think it's um maybe misjudged to say they're uh pornographic or ill-considered because i can guarantee you that those sex scenes were considered greatly by both sally yeah. and alice birchwood after this Right. I'd say it was maybe, I don't know, I'm trying to think where all the negative reaction was, because like you, you would think Ireland has gone a bit past that. Maybe it's the school uniforms, maybe there's, you know, something triggering that in people. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it, it, like totally, but I think it's naive to think that like people in secondary schools aren't having sex. I think the important angle of the conversation is that that consent is being discussed amongst like school children like and they're not school like they're they're young adults they just happen to be wearing school uniforms and I think look it's it's probably something that will take a couple of years to kind of redress the balance and yeah if the positive thing is that it is sparking the conversation like you're seeing I'm hearing of like parents talking about those scenes with their children and that's a real positive for me from the show yeah, it is. With spare a thought for the children who are watching it with their parents, oh, hoping that the scene, Jesus. hoping that the scene ends any, any second. <laughs> and they certainly aren't short, so I do. I I apologise. <laughs> Kavir, did you audition for the role? Like, would there have been sex scenes in the audition, or you know, how did that come about? Oh Jesus, no, 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 no you wouldn't. <laughs> like, you wouldn't be doing that in the audition, but um. But you, I wouldn't know you were able to get out <laughs> no, we we. That's a stupid question. We have to do. Yeah, it, it, it is a little bit, but I, I I'll take it that uh, acting isn't your forte. <laughs> but uh, no, we have to. Uh, you, we the first couple of auditions, I the first audition I did by myself with the casting director, and then I met Lenny in the second audition, and um, then I did a couple of chemistry with potential Marianne in the third and fourth audition. So it was a, it's a long enough process and it's kind of a, it's it, it's like a, I don't know, it's a, it's a highly charged and highly stressful time because you're kind of, nothing is guaranteed, but you feel like you're making positive steps towards the character and you're not trying to get ahead of yourself. But uh, yeah, it's a tricky time mentally, I suppose. Right, okay, so how long did the whole process between the first audition, that you know, and knowing that you got the part and, you know, you obviously yeah. would have read the book and the scripts, you know, where that excitement would have started building then? Yeah, it was, it was a four-month process. It was about October to uh, March of 20, I can't remember, 2018, 2019. Right, okay, so it was yeah. a decent uh, length of time. Kamira, I said I'd talk to you about some football. So like me, you were an underage... Thank uh, God. Oh uh, yeah, back in the heyday. So you you won a Leinster minor with Kildare in thirteen, and then captained them in two thousand fourteen, and played with the under twenty ones as well. Yeah, it was like I think I I, I was lucky that Mur Brian Murphy kind of brought me up to the minor panel 
when I was sixteen. When I was six, uh, yeah, when I was sixteen. So I had a, I had a fair, I had three years of minor, which were obviously like an amazing privilege to get to play at that level, kind of being young. And then I got to uh, under twenty one and uh, played under Brendan Hackett as well. So uh, like, yeah, I like, I obviously miss it hugely. Like, obviously. I was very keen to come on this podcast because I, I, I listen to it. Like you can take the man out of the GA, but you can't take the GA out of the man. Is what I, what I have uh, recently learned. I actually used to listen to the podcast um, on, like, say, when I'd have mornings off shooting, and I'd listen to it in the trailer just because it would be really? totally different from. Yeah, I used to like sit myself up on the little sofa in the trailer and listen to you chatting away. <laughs> <laughs> arguing with each other <laughs> I will definitely like, argue with yeah yeah and uh, like I'm definitely going to clip that little piece there and that's going to be I'm going to have that as a sting at the start <laughs> of the be show a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's it like I mean so how big of a step was it because it was I think it was Keen O'Neill I was reading he called you in at the senior panel and you didn't last long because you took a step away yeah I, I kind of I have so I was in basically I went on to the under-21 panel when I started college and technically you weren't allowed to play contact sport in in when you're training to be an actor because it's like obviously if you go breaking a shoulder you, like it can affect the training but uh, like I was also aware that football has and 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 it's definitely taught me a lot about discipline and kind of sacrifice which I think there's huge parallels in the acting world because it's uh, it can be tricky as well like it, it requires all of those things and I wasn't really ready to take a step back from that and uh, but then when Keen called me up it was kind of the winter it was most the winter of first year of college but I knew that like when I got to third year of college I was I made a decision at that point that that was going to be that was going to be my departure moment that I would give like third year the like a fair whack in terms of like right. total commitment because I've given total commitment to football the whole way through and uh, the two things just didn't didn't match up unfortunately but I kind of it wasn't something that like I knew that decision was coming if that if that makes sense it wasn't something right that I was yeah you had dealt with it kind of like yeah I dealt with it kind of the minute I decided I wanted to go into um in, in in acting college it was it just was kind of a a long goodbye, I suppose. Right. It must have been difficult really because like I suppose Keen O'Neill came in and he would have had a good professional setup and you would have got a taste for that, you know? And I presume like you played three years minor, like you're talking about a player who would be who would have, you know, ideas of getting sent centre half back, wasn't that it? And uh on like, you know, making it onto the senior team. Yeah, like it's obviously hard to say with hindsight, but I suppose it, it, it definitely looked promising. And like I, I would have been like committed in that sense. Like if it was something that I wanted to do, or if it was something that I felt was possible, it would have been something that I would have committed wholeheartedly to. But um, yeah, like I, I always miss it, particularly around this time of year. Like when you like, it's weird. I still feel that kind of like um. I don't know. You feel the ground getting a bit harder, and it's like it, you—it's a weird association. You just yeah. kind of associate this time with like getting that little bit faster, getting like you feel the ball like this. Like I wasn't obviously the, excuse me, I wasn't the most um, 
talented of footballers. I was a I was a bit of a mulliker of a cornerback slash centre back, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely do miss it. And it's but it's it's obviously nice seeing like the lads that I I used to play with kind of going on representing because they're a senior level. Yeah, and like, are you are you still in touch with them? Because I suppose like there isn't that much crossover between GEA and acting. I suppose, and like you can you can see the stupid questions I'm asking you here. Could you talk to your ex teammates about the <laughs> that, that big important part of your life without being asked stupid questions yeah. like I'm asking you? No, I'm, absolutely. Like, like it's it's funny since quarantine started. I've been talking to like Chris Healy and Neil Flynn. I was on the phone to Neil Flynn on the family as well. On the phone to Neil Flynn on Sunday, and I've been in, in touch with Mark as well. And he's obviously involved with the senior um, senior panel now. And he he would have been a really positive force and a lot of kind of those young lads at, at underage level and, and has a huge amount of respect amongst those kind of younger players, like a lot that would have been my generation. So like I, I've been in touch with them up until like the last few weeks, and we'll like it, it's it's kind of. Like you'll know yourself, those kind of bonds you make the football kind of yeah go beyond football to a certain extent, and like they're they've said themselves that they're incredibly proud of me, and it, it really means a lot because you do go through a lot with like teammates and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely to hear that from them. Yeah, where where did the acting come from? Was it, I think I was reading it was your father. Um, before we finish up, Paul, I think that mm-hmm. you know because, um, like I said, there's not a huge crossover between fellas that I don't want to stereotype now. Fellas that are into acting and fellas that play GA, there's not usually a crossover. But you obviously had it in mm-hmm. your family, and that's how you ended up doing both. Yeah, but it, it, it's hard as well, like because like obviously my dad did do this, um, but like when I was when I was young, I, I used to see him doing plays, but. It wasn't something that, like, growing up, I was like, "That's what I'm. That's what I want to do." It actually happened quite late for me. I did a, I did a school musical in Manute, and um, I don't know. It, I, I, I find it very difficult to kind of trace when it happened, bar like to that. But um, I, I genuinely do think that the football and and acting has way more crossover than people would probably give it credit for. Because when you think about it, like. Both things are totally linked to performance. It's about kind of football is about preparation, like essentially practicing or training, which is the same as rehearsing, and kind of all of those things is all geared to kind of high pressure performance when like when the, when the lights come on, you know. And I think um, I definitely I don't think I'd be in the position that I am as an actor without. Football and definitely like men like Brian Murphy and Brendan Hackett who who uh, who like really nurtured those qualities in like young lads that that, that they mentored. Yeah, and did Brian did Brian Lacey mentor you as well? Brian, you Brian were on Lacey. the yeah, no, Brian Lacey on, was there. You're on the tweet there that he sent yeah. the two of us where he had edited down all your possessions <laughs> against Dublin. <laughs> Very uh, impressive he, stuff. He was some man. Uh, that was like. No, he. That was kind of the first year I think that we did have we, like we had a proper. So Brian, Brian Lacey that year, it was a big departure in terms of the way we trained that year. We used to, like training sessions were much shorter, and like we brought in kind of it was definitely my first kind of year of like having a proper kick out strategy. And I remember that day against Dublin, everything just like def- definitely my fondest memory of like going into Parnell Park and beating the Dubs is like. 
It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, uh, yeah. I, I, I got a roast in the next year of Conor Callan and Leicester final, but we won't talk about that. Is that who you marked the next year? Con, I said, was he, were two of you captains that I, day? I was on him for a little bit. I, he was, we were both captains that day, but he was, I think he, he started out on me and then he went in full forward, thank God. But, uh, like, we, but we had like, like those two Kildare teams in particular, like we had some great, like the Kildare team, like that we would have beaten them in the Leinster final of minor. We also, went up against them in 21s and went to extra time or we lost them by points that went to extra time a lot but like so they're like more common I think probably too too premature at the moment but like they were definitely some of my favourite moments those kind of games against the Dubs yeah, well, that's the thing, though. Kildare are the one county in Leinster that got their underage, you know, right. And, you know, the Daniel yeah. Flynn kind of age group won Leinster underage titles. Then your age group were coming through winning them. And, you know, if you're looking at a team that was going to be able to challenge Dublin in the future, you know, it would be Kildare. I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you. If you listen to the show, I say that all the time. No, I do. I do. And I'm I'm very careful to hear you say that as well. But um, um, No, I do think, I think... Uh, I think there's like it's easy for me to say, but I've I played against those lads and like like in training, there's tons. I'm, I've heard you say this. There's tons of footballing to there. It's just about it's just about the things clicking now, and and I think lads are kind of the the perfect age to kind of like settle into it now. And like obviously Dublin are arguably, in my opinion, are the best team, the GA team, and probably it's it, it's history. So like. That's, it's obviously tricky to compete on that level, but I think if um, if we caught them on a bad day and so they're on a very very good day, I think we could trouble them a little bit. Brilliant stuff, come here. Listen, you've been brilliant with your time. Uh, before you go, any teasers for tomorrow night? Is there anything happens that you need to any brace us for, or... for tomorrow night? No, I think um, I think tomorrow night might be. Uh, I think I think tomorrow night's episodes might be relatively safe to watch with your parents. <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, yeah. Paul. Thanks very much for taking the call. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing 10 years.